0: Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Healthogy. Welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with our host, Steve Krupa. Steve, good morning.
2: Good morning, Tom. How are you?
1: Doing great. So uh, you've had a, a great conversation with, uh, with Sean Duffy. I got to meet him at the Digital Health uh, Innovation Summit, and uh, just a, a, a nice guy. And as you point out, at the beginning of the, the conversation, he really represents this sort of new generation of talent coming into digital health, not the kind of people that we've seen move into healthcare necessarily in the past.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of the um, people that, uh, that have done healthcare startups in the past, uh, come from the healthcare business, uh, firstly. And it's sort of unusual to see some, somebody come out of school or leave school to do a startup in healthcare, which is what, what Sean did. Um, but I think it's indicative of where things are headed. The younger generation has an interest in, in healthcare and applying uh, digital technologies to healthcare. And I think we're seeing probably the beginning of what I would call a generational change In healthcare, where the 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 newer generations, the ones younger than you and I, are are entering into this sphere with a sort of common knowledge reliance on technology, as opposed to our generation who was sort of around as the technology infrastructure was being built up, and I think there's a big difference. Um, And they're bringing that sensibility uh, to the healthcare space, and essentially saying. Technology should be everywhere like it is in most other industries, um, and they're starting companies uh, to force that issue
1: i'm starting to miss being part of the younger generation reference i'm, <laughs> I'm not arguing with you, but it's like, hey listen i spent a bit. long <laughs> I spent
2: a long time being the youngest guy in the room, and those days are over
1: <laughs> uh, and and as you mentioned Sean left Harvard. Uh, and, yeah and you want to you want to create an index fund is that of a, a yeah we'll,
2: we'll do a we'll do it uh, just a venture fund that yeah. basically uh invests in people that leave harvard uh and see how we do all we have to do is find uh a bill gates right and a uh, <laughs>
1: same thing you need one in ten you need that home run <laughs> to carry the fun and you'll be all set oh
2: well, yeah gates and a zuckerberg will make the fun
1: <laughs> and uh omad is going uh, into, after uh, obviously a large area weight uh weight, weight loss uh talk yeah. a bit about their model and what and how they hope to help people lose weight and get healthier
2: well well yeah, I think they, they're using one of the one of the unique natures of the internet is the ability to sort of have a community, get people started, get people to feed off of each other's success. Um that is a key component uh to, to their model. But I really think what what their model uh uh derives from is this idea of a digital therapeutic. And and what that really means is, you know, a therapeutic can be a drug, you know, a therapeutic can be Uh, something more natural or behavioral that improves your health condition. And a digital therapeutic is the idea of organizing people and a process around behavioral change therapeutics. And this is the Omada model around around weight loss. Um, Most people or many people uh, could lose a few pounds for sure, especially as they get in their 30s and 40s. And there are certainly people that have uh, gotten so heavy to where they're on this cusp of becoming chronically ill with potentially type two diabetes, and Sean's model is to capture those people and get them to volunteer into a group uh, to pursue uh, lifestyle and behavioral change together. Um, and there's certainly uh, you know a lot to be said for that that, that approach.
1: Great. Well, it's a great story and, and another great interview. And let's uh, let's get it started.
2: Terrific.
0: Welcome, Sean. Uh, thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah.
2: So I, you're, you're my first uh, interview of a, what I would call, left Harvard guy. Like you <laughs> decide to go to Harvard, go to medical school and business school at the same time, and you leave. And I, I've made this joke at parties before that maybe we ought to start a fund of all the guys uh, that leave Harvard.
0: <laughs> because some of them
2: that we know of have done pretty well, right?
0: There, there you go. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good, fun piece, fun thesis. What, what's probably often forgotten is the ones who left where it, it didn't pan out. So <laughs> we take that into consideration as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't know those guys. We only know
2: the ones. But it's interesting to me, you know, one of the, the trends and uh, that I think you've noticed and I've noticed is is that this digital health world is is, is pulling some pretty cool people into it. People that might have spent their their time, you know, five, six, seven years ago building, you know, a digital media business, or building an enterprise software business, is they're being pulled into this uh, this healthcare world. And you were clearly pulled in as well to leave uh, a great institution like Harvard to start a company. So, so tell me, what was it that got you here, and uh, and, and and is it what you expected?
0: Yeah, yeah, happy to. And uh, you know, I think your your um, uh, your point's caught on. I mean, if, if I if I had to say uh, if I was one thing that I'm most excited about in regard to the transformation that's happening in healthcare uh, via software, it's a new type of talent. And uh, you, you know, I think to some extent my background's representative of it. But, but there are many, many others uh, like me. And and these are folks who really do exemplify a blend. I mean, my um, I grew up as really you know, essentially a computer nerd. I loved I loved computers. Loved building circuit kits and Right, uh, you know, just you know, hacking around. Um, just love that. My mo- my mom happened to be a nurse. Uh, I always thought it was a really honorable and good place to to build a career if you in healthcare. And uh, so I ended up going. I studied neuroscience in undergrad uh, at Columbia. Took all my pre med recs. Uh, graduated in 2006 at a point where Silicon Valley was absolutely on fire. And I found myself just reading tech blogs all the time. And, <laughs> Um, got a little bit cold feet about applying to medical school, uh, to be honest, because I was just so drawn to this amazing world of, of technology and this moment that humanity was in. Um, so I worked at Google for a couple of years, uh, realized that you could probably pursue both, and that's when I went to to Harvard. Um, they have an MD MBA program, and I went in with the intention of, of of maybe someday blending blending both worlds, and and you know the uh, uh, you know omada in some sense kind of happened happened by accident during that. Um, uh, and you know, and, and it's you know, it's been a kind of a, just a blast, an incredible, incredible serendipitous uh, you know, accent and uh, with a lot of hard work and a, a really kind of a fun ride so far.
2: Very cool. You know, when I was a kid, and I'm I'm older than you, I can tell you just from the graduation dates, significantly <laughs> older than you. Um, but you know, the computer nerd was sort of a different dude, right? He we was different than everybody else because uh-huh. computers were 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 very very new. Is it the case now that that computers are a foundation for the generation, your generation, and those that are following? That it's sort of you're a computer nerd sort of anyway, and then oh, yeah. you decide that you're going to be like the super nerd, and and that's sort of the differentiation.
0: Uh, well, as, yeah. start to
2: enter the industry.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it, what's cool in my you know my perspective is the way that it's evolving is uh, software is becoming a foreign language in the same way that. In high school, you're expected to take Spanish, or you know, or you know, or French, um, or Italian. I, I think that it's it's just becoming something that people poke at, and and you're getting it's, uh, it's so interesting. So there's um a whole wave of uh, entrepreneurship at Harvard Medical School, kicked off by by, by the dean Jeff Lyer, uh and you know, I've been uh, somewhat privy to it, and, and you know, as an informal advisor and. The, the candidates that are in medical school right now that have basic 101 coding chops um, are, are such a larger, you know, larger percentage of, of, of the student based than when I was there. And that's, that's having a dramatic impact on how people view the potential of software to impact clinical and medical care.
2: Yeah, you know, I worry about it a little bit as a father because I like the analog world. You know, I, I like <laughs> vinyl, you know, I like the book sure, sure. Um, but you know I was that guy so I was the guy who, uh-huh. who ended up being an engineer and a computer guy and to be fair we better get into your company here and, <laughs> our, and, our, and I love what you're doing um, it you know we will describe we've described it in the opening as being a company focused on behavioral change particularly as it relates mm-hmm. to people managing yes. their weight and their diet uh, with an intent to prevent diabetes but you've really Hitched on to this idea of digital therapeutics, right? I mean, that's really a new sort of word. It has a new new implications, and and I bet you a lot of people would describe it differently. How do you describe it from the context of your company?
0: Uh, you know, it's interesting. The, the, let me give you just history on how how we and I started using that. Uh, really, you know, for the over the course of uh, history of medical innovation. People have been researching and trying to figure out things that improve patient outcomes and ideally can be amazingly reproducible, scalable, you know, delivered at a click or through a prescription or through a procedure. Um, and it it you know, we started to think about what, what our what our ambitions were and what our program prevent, which talking about the sec really aimed to achieve. And it's it is that. I mean it's delivering a meaningful clinical outcome. Uh, you know, based on strong, you know, strong existing, you know, evidence base, and it it really felt like from a mental model standpoint, um, of what we were trying to achieve is more of more of a you know a therapeutic outcome than anything, and and we started to use it, and and uh, the term has uh, you know taken on in various areas. I think it fits into the mental model of how uh, the enterprise healthcare system and medical the medical director community tends to think about medical um, innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 you know and it just kind of, kind of to some extent, caught caught on a, a life of its own. But uh, literally, the way that I think about it and the way that I describe it, is is conceptually a digital experience, a digital program, something that can be you know given you know scalably, effectively, reproducibly to a person where it there is a demonstrated clinical impact. And you know, and I think that that's that's the the most crystalline you know definition uh, for the term, right.
2: And I I mean, when you think about therapeutics, your first thought is to think of drugs or something like something of that nature. But but really, you're you're promoting this idea of behavioral change and behavior modification or or adopting a new way of 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 acting. And and, Mm -hmm. and if I'm right, you're doing it at a point in someone's life on average where they've got some pretty, pretty ingrained habits. Is is that right?
0: That's right. Yeah. So the, we have a program called Prevent, which, which is a high-touch intensive behavioral counseling and you know, life, lifestyle program for people that we call at the tipping point, where, like you said, you have some ingrained habits. It's really your, your weight's caught up to you where it's actually causing cardiometabolic problems. And there's, there's vast consensus in the clinical community that there are high-touch interventions and things that can be done to help people with behaviors that mostly have been conducted face-to-face. Uh, that actually do move the needle. They do reduce risk of uh, you know of cardiovascular risk factors. They do reduce risk of diabetes, um, uh, and that's you know that's the population that our program suitable for, and that clinical guidelines that are being put out from folks like the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force suggest should be should be uh, you know indicated for.
2: Okay, cool. So so as a jumping off point, give me the description of the of the the service and the product and and how it gets deployed.
0: Uh, Yep, absolutely. So, so, uh, you know, fundamentally, if you study what what works in a face-to-face setting in lifestyle change, behavior change, what you quickly realize is there's no silver bullet. You really, really need a heavy instrument. I mean, you you know, you read the methods papers behind some of these trials, and you realize how intense intense they were. Um, When you unpack it, social interactions tend to drive a lot of the outcomes. Feeling like you're supported, feeling like there's another person, you know, people in your life tend to be what people report as being effective from them, not necessarily the content alone, you know, no surprise. Um, uh, You know, we're creatures of of social kind of comparison and influence. So the way that Prevent works is a very socially driven program. Um, uh, We match individuals into small groups based on demographics. So all of a sudden you'd find that you're in a group of 12 other people that are somewhat like you. Uh, We set you up with a remote health coach, and then we kick you off after mailing you a welcome kit that contains a digital scale with a cellular chip so it's prepared to your private profile on the platform. Uh, We kick you off on a 16-week foundational curriculum where you're with a group of others, with a health coach, with tools, going through a curriculum and week by week we unlock lessons while we mail people packages that tie into the lessons. So it's a relatively operationally complex experience, and that very few software experiences out there have timelines built in. Mm-hmm. But everyone at Omada, I mean, we start our groups on Sundays. We just kicked off a thousand people last Sunday, um, uh, you know, and, and then and then they're off to the races. And you're 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 having a shared experience and a shared experience on a timeline with similar goals and normalized metrics against them tend to be super important in the behavioral science world. So our goal is to replicate that digitally and and do it scalably as best as we can.
1: Interesting,
2: interesting. So if, if if I think about it clearly, you've got the big picture, which is diabetes, right? And of course, diet and exercise and BMI and all that stuff is Pretty, pretty well documented that, that when yep. you get into certain regions, you have a higher risk for diabetes. So you're identifying patients that I assume are at high risk for diabetes, and your purpose is to bring them into a program and teach them, I guess, how to lose weight and leave them with the capability of keeping that weight off. Is that, is that the overall goal?
0: yeah uh, you know, that is on the on the on the front end and who we who selected the more, more recent guidances have suggested this approach for even folks with other risk factors additionally to you know to diabetes or prediabetes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's you know there's some clinical you know wins in favor of deploying this for folks who again like I said before their weight cut up to them to, to where they're at a tipping point of of chronic diseases like diabetes so that's that's one nuance there but you're you're right it's the you can't every every control arm of every study on earth shows that if you you know yes we all know we need to eat better and exercise but if you just hand people the pamphlets you know instructing them to do it or tell them to do it it never works so it's about it's about the psychology of enacting that you know in fact if you look at the best approaches here uh, and you know this is entirely true with ours you do start with some foundational knowledge on you know healthy eating but but everything else is psychology and the idea is reframing the way you think about food, right there are, you know the lessons um, that that are at the halfway point on in our program are about things like how to cope with stress, you know how to forgive yourself from slips, you know how to you know how to how to think about social cues and and those are the elements that tend to be the most important in these programs, which you work to emphasize, but you do really need to work to help people think about their behaviors and their lifestyles, and then once they start adopting healthier, uh, you know, approaches and behaviors, that does tend to result in weight loss, which is you know the, the most important thing clinically.
2: What 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 constitutes clinically? What constitutes a significant amount of weight loss? Is it a percentage? Is it pounds?
0: Usually, people think about percentages, and you know, guidelines kind of differ across the across the country and globe. Uh, it, you know, typically it's a three percent mark. People's ears tend to perk up. Um, right. Uh, you know, r- reliably, the the four to four to six percent mark is, is what most uh, you know studies and translational efforts look at as as success. There is you know there is a linear relationship between more percent uh, you know loss and, and a greater percent risk reduction. Um, uh, you know, so so you know with with, with some uh, you know caveats, more tends to be better, but but it's it's very it, it becomes very clinically beneficial at about the three percent mark.
2: That's interesting. So I don't know what the average weight of the average person is. Is it 170 pounds? 175 pounds? Maybe. Uh,
0: I don't. You know, I, just, I don't. Um, the, our average BMI is about 33, 34. So I I'm okay. I, I weighter north of that. I don't have the current stats, but, but it's it's you know what you're getting at is true. It's it's not a whole lot of weight it's still hard to get people to even modest weight loss at a population health level. That's a really tricky challenge, um, but it eases your body's physiology. Like, if you're able to lose 5 to 10% and you're at risk for diabetes and you keep it there, you've done, your body will be just celebrating that.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm just thinking... It's not about
0: beach bodies. I mean, this is by no means is it ambition to give everybody, you know, like to, 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 like, to bring everybody to beach body. This is about, like, it's about health. It's about... The right, the right amount and attainable weight loss through the right approach. Cool.
2: Yeah, no, I would imagine it would be. I'm just thinking, I, I, my sense is 10, five to 10 pounds, five probably for a small woman, 10 pounds for a larger size man. That's going to really make a big difference. I mean, that's going to. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, it, it does make, make a major. big difference. And, <laughs> and, and I would imagine, so what's the average age of the people that you're. 50, uh, it's
0: 55 right now. Okay, so it's not
2: easy to lose weight when you're 55.
0: No, no, it's not. It's. I mean, it's not easy for anybody at any age. But um, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, you're 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 right. I mean, it's uh, it, it, is, it is not.
2: Well, I, I can tell you when you catch up to me, I, I'll my experience was <laughs> when I was in my thirties, uh-huh. I could just like yeah. go for a couple of jogs and lose five pounds. Now that I'm in, in yeah. my fifties, it's sort of like I don't even know how to do it. <laughs>
1: We're going to take this quick break with this conversation with Sean Duffy to remind you to go to the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit website. That's digitalhealthcaresummit.com for a long list, uh, a long offering of videos and interviews, uh, both individual interviews conducted by myself uh, with uh, some of the leaders from the conference, but also we'll have videos of the panel presentations in case you want to revisit some of the high points of the day. Now back to this conversation.
2: The good news is when you started this up, I mean, look, weight loss programs, particularly in the corporate environment, right, have been been around forever. And I would say that it's always good to launch a new product into a market where there's existing demand and an enormous amount of dissatisfaction with the products that are in the market there, right? Yep. yep. And, and and I would say weight loss programs, broadly speaking, have been something that employers and individuals and everybody have been uh, been wanting to – deliver to their employees and individuals wanting to participate in but there's there's a there's a very slim uh uh group that actually succeeds so when you when you talk to a customer what what is your value proposition and how do you convince them that that what you're doing from a business model and from mm-hmm. a program model is gonna 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 meet their needs?
0: Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, this this relates to this explosion of technology because fund, fundamentally there's there are successful approaches. Uh, they've just been in large part face to face, you know, to help people with uh, you know lifestyle change. Right. And, so it's like know,
2: the, scalable successful approaches. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We
0: yeah. yeah, which back. is which is a problem. And, and 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 you know, to date, we're the only company who's still operationalized this model where you can get people in groups and kick them off in the same timeline and get them in coach. I mean, there's it, there's nothing else that exists on that, and so. You're you're taking what's been shown to work face to face, and you're doing your best to recreate it digitally. Um, uh, when we talk to our, you know our customers, which are employers and health plans, uh, the, the you know the pitches, if you will, you know pitch, if you will, is look. A lot of your efforts that you've done to date are actually spot on from an intention standpoint. I mean, you want to help your workforce. You've deployed programs hoping toward that aim. You know that's great. Um, welcome to a new world in technology and and you know and design that enable those intentions to be you know, measurable, right? So we, we, we actually, when we work with customers, we don't charge anything uh, unless we get people in and we don't make profit until we get people to lose meaningful amounts of weight. So it's, it's there, you know, to some some customers are very taken aback from, you know, taken aback by that approach, but it's, it's you know, we, we see the data, it aligns our product team to deliver better and better, you know, results and, and get in the mode of, you know, continuous improvement. Um uh and, and that you know that message uh along with the fact that clinically uh you know academics uh and you know policymakers across the country know that something has to happen here and know that these approaches work and they really support them, mm-hmm. Um you know, you know, create a lot of uh interest in what we're doing, which is great to see.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um so give me a sense of the of the business model. You're sending a scale out, so that's got some costs associated with it. There's enrollment costs. How do you pick the people? First off, how do you pick the people? Because honestly, I, there's lots of people out there that need to lose weight. The question is, who wants to lose weight, right? Who's determined to lose the weight? Um, do you have a selection process for the people that get put into the program?
0: Uh, Well, so, you you, you know, I mean, the first step is always a person and that they have to be willing to at least give it, you know, give it a go and poke at it. Um, You know, what's interesting is if you, and all the randomized studies have shown this, if you, you know, you take a thousand people that have raised their hand and said, yeah, I really, you know, I want to make some lifestyle changes here. You know, it would be great to lose a little bit of weight. You take a thousand people that have raised their hand, uh, you give half of them a really intensive structured program around it and the others you hand some information to. Uh, the you know the, the people who just get the information they they won't do it. I mean there's no there will there will be no outcomes. So it's 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 the first step to to working to uh you know get get people interested in this in this concept. Um, but you still have to follow up with something quite intensive to get to get an outcome. So uh, w- when we deploy campaigns, our feeling is that the the interest is malleable. You know some people I think in a bit of a misguided way assume that. Someone either is in a mode of wanting to lose weight and and make a change or not, and that that's a fixed thing that cannot be changed. Um, uh, the reality is, if you paint a really cool product and and show that this delivers value on a consumer level, and you know, and, and you share with the person that this is now a brand new benefit, that if they're you know if they were uh, knocking on the doors out of pocket. It would you know, it'd be an expensive thing to, to go through and their employer is sponsoring on their behalf and really just up to consumer value. People get interested and then it's our job once we get them in um, uh, to, to work our best to, to make them successful. Um, uh, you know, and Because we don't you know, make money until we get people in and, and get them success, you know, our, our, we're pretty aligned with our clients. Uh, you know, to, to reach more people and, and get more people in. And um, we're not charging for the ones who aren't joining or are right. you know, not successful. Right. The
2: other, the, 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 the pricing structure from my, from what I know has been more of a member per employee type of a model, right? That's now. right. Yeah. And now, so you're actually saying a little bit of an upfront cost because I've got costs or oh, you've got costs for yep. business. Yeah. And then you're, what, what do you get paid? Per pound, per uh, percent, per? Per percent, per percent. Awesome.
0: So, yep, exactly.
2: so, so how you doing? Are, you, are people losing weight?
0: Yeah, I know it's been great. I mean, we, you <laughs> know, we, we, uh, we reliably get populations to their targets. You know, four to four to six percent is, is you know where you, you typically want to strive. And but, you know, I mean, it's it's fascinating. We're um, I mean, we're at the point where we'll, we'll enroll, uh, we're at thirty thousand enrollees this year, and you know, we've set targets for next year. You know, far beyond that, um, and about the team around to achieve them. Uh, we've got three million data points of, of weight readings from, you know, from our participants. I think it's quickly becoming the largest, most, you know, best structured database
1: mm-hmm.
0: as it relates to digital lifestyle. So I mentioned that exists. And and what's, what's been so fascinating and neat about it is we're entering this mode where every participant who joins helps us create a better experience for the next uh, because we can look at, you know, detailed correlations on at what point you know, people, complete lessons, how does that correlate with, you know, other engagement factors. We can look at, you know, differences in demographics and all this really, really rich, uh, you know, inside data that you would actually never have in a face-to-face program, we can use to try to make the program better for the next, you know, the next person who joins. Um, So we've been really, you know, really thrilled to see it come out. And we have peer-reviewed, you know, publications to two years now. Awesome.
2: So are you going to be, so when you say peer-review, you're going to pursue the medical literature for what you're doing or?
0: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we publish. Um, uh, you know, we publish our studies, and to have that from the beginning. Uh, you know, in large part because, funnily enough, I mean, that's kind of why we started Amada. You know, I was looking at the state of digital health back in 2011, and imagining, you know, my colleagues in medical school getting excited by some of the things, and there just wasn't the evidence to support it. So, uh, uh, you know, we we published our one-year data. You know, we published our two-year data. Uh, you know, our one-year data really helped the CDC get comfortable with including digital. You know digital programs as part of this national diabetes prevention program effort that they're helping to drive so um that's you know that's uh we, we view that as as mandatory and we have a, a really aggressive publication agenda for next year as well
2: have you um just sort of an off the topic question have you considered a retail model or is that not in the cards uh
0: you we you know it's interesting we um uh you can sign up on your own the reason but it's just not it's it's such a minority on purpose the reason that we even allow it at all the retail model is on, let's say you're you know you work for Costco which is uh, you know a customer of Ramada, and you're in week 12 and you switch jobs we don't want to kick you out so we right. we've orchestrated the ability for people to self pay and sometimes someone will be on a benefits design where their significant other isn't on the same as theirs and they'll want to join so we want to allow for that um, but we've never put legs behind or, you know, significant muscle behind it. It's always been our ambition to make sure that, uh, the program is accessible to the vast majority of the country, um, where anything above, you know, $50, $100 becomes a check that they have to really reflect on. Um, right. these are, these are individuals that, uh, tend to even carry a higher chronic disease burden than those who are more well off.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, Last question on the product, so I imagine if you've got uh, 3 million data points, you've got a pretty good sense for how your program design operates. And you, you probably have the capability to identify weak spots in the program where people maybe either lose interest or drop off or don't sort of comply. Um, is it getting down to that point where you can really track each individual through each step of the process? Uh, and improve the steps that are, that are where you're where you where you may be losing some people.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're we are we are we're we're so there. It's amazing. We're um, I mean, we're doing. You know, we have a publication agenda outside of Imani. You, we're 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 conducting what you can think of as you know randomized controlled trials inside our product. We've about like ten ten of these spun up right now that test different dimensions um to look at what additional lifts you get from it um uh you know things like varying the group size uh you know looking to add interactivity to the lessons creating you know adaptable and you know personalized goals around you know activity other 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 aspects and so um those those are you know we have a you know constant um experimental experimental engine going which is which is needed because no no you know if anyone gets on the line on a podcast here and says that they can get you know, with a that that you can you can build a perfect behavior change program. they long view, it's there's no such thing as perfection in this space. There's constant iteration and evolution towards great. Um, uh, you know, and great can make an incredible impact on someone's health. So there's this will never be a product where you can put it in the oven, turn on a timer, hear a ding, and say, great, let's pop the champagne. It's done. Um, we'll, we'll you know five years from now, we'll still be progressing this thing.
2: Is there a level of personalization, or is it more? Um, a programmatic and, 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 and trying to, to sort of get the people to follow a specific roadmap?
0: Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of personalization that comes in, in in different ways. And that's actually, I mean, that's the next era for our, for our program. So there's, you know, right now your coach helps personalize. There are certain areas of the curriculum that can completely change based on who you are. Um, what, what, what we're entering is an era where we'll get to know you, in, in, you know, well enough up front that we can pattern recognize um, other people like you on a whole host of dimensions that have gone through and been successful, and, and know what what was right and what needed to be crafted in a different way for them. And so that'll be based on uh, you know a whole host of factors. Um, uh, and and you know, and our ambition is, you know, you could imagine a user uh, in prevent being in a group and just feeling like, wow, this is really fascinating. It just feels like this program was built for me. I can't quite explain why. But it just feels like it's working for me, and and you know and they and and they'll have one group that that feels that, and they'll have another group right next to them that's completely different that's, that's saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool.
2: That's very good. I mean, I noticed that a lot with some of this on some some of these online programs that they 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 have you have to escape out of you know just guiding someone through something that's the same for everybody. And mm-hmm. be able to yeah. iterate into something that works for them. Obviously, yeah. you can't create an infinite number of options, but but the more uh-huh. options you can provide, the better the better yeah. off I think you would be in terms of getting people to do it. Let's uh, let's talk about competition. Uh, it's it's there's no free lunch uh, out there. From a standpoint of everybody's going to recognize you're doing something smart, and of course, I, I think there's been this. Um, this gap that's, that's existed between the intentions and the outcomes in, in diabetes and, and weight management from, for decades now. So what do you think on a going forward basis are really the parameters, uh, for competition in your, in your business?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first comment is there's so, this is the crisis of our generation. I mean, there's so many people that are in need So, um, uh, you know, it's good that a attacking this. It's, it's good that other companies are as well. I, you know, what I would say is, um, uh, in terms of what makes Omada unique, it's a lot of what I've described. Where there's not, there's never, um, uh, you know, the, the secret. I guess the, the secret sauce, if you will, at Omada includes thousands of tiny ingredients, um, and you know, it's a lot of those you can't even, you can't really see. If you're a competitor looking to, uh, you know, work to mimic what, what we've done, a lot of them are under the covers, um, uh, you know. And, and we'll, well, those are the ones about. I want you to tell me about, Sean. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. <laughs> we're you know, we're constantly work, working to improve them. And you know, the other thing is um uh the the clinical world should and, and is holding the companies to a high level of uh you know, standards around evidence generation. I mean we um uh it's it'll be it it's tough to convince a medical director that this is the right thing to do without publishing some studies on your effects. And so that should be the bar that's held that people are held to. Um so we'll continue to, you know, publish more and more and then uh, you know continuously uh, you know in, improve the product but um uh, you, you know again the the core sentiment here at least in my mind is that you know great there there uh, you know most almost almost all areas where there's been value delivered to the market involve you know multiple players um, that's wonderful it's it's of course our ambition to be the best and constantly tread new territory, but it's, uh, I think it's directionally a good thing um, that more, more folks are coming around.
2: Yeah, I, I have to say, just from my experience doing this, uh, the best thing that happens to a young company is when somebody copies what they do and competes with them, or not copies, but, but yeah, pursues yeah, totally. similar, uh-huh. similar processes and ideas because all of a sudden now the, the amplification in the marketplace becomes extraordinary. That's exactly uh, in terms right of the customers' knowledge of of the new way of thinking about things. yep, that's certainly right. so uh, sort of as a as a way of uh, jumping off, um, I want to talk a little bit about running a company and managing a company i I like this part of of any conversation certainly. often best and i'll and I'll say it sort of like this did did you leave Harvard after the first year or after the first semester? did you get to the MBA courses at all? No, none, yeah, I mean, it's, it's after,
0: yeah, after the, after the first, uh, after the first year, um, uh, and, you, got out. you know, uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, it happened, it happened by accident. Mean, we were, um, uh, you know, funnily enough, I was at an internship during that, that, during that summer between first and second at IDEO, um, where the, the idea behind the model was conceived, um, uh, right. it's and, and it's been just an amazing amount of personal growth for me. I mean, I, you know, I hadn't had a single report ever, right. um, didn't even know the right words to use as it relates to enterprise contracts, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> or or I didn't know what a venture capitalist was. You know, oh, they never God. teach you these things in your first year of medical school. So uh, try to explain that to somebody at a party, right? You know, oh, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's, uh, it's it's been just an extraordinary personal journey, uh, and it relied on a lot of mentors and a lot of people and a lot of, frankly, a lot of Amata's talent. To, to educate me on you know various aspects of, of business, but it's there's no better way to learn than do it, which I've always felt.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll look back on this thing, you know, five years from now, and you'll be like, God, I'm so much better than I was five years ago. That's,
0: exactly, yeah. and that always should be the goal. I mean, it, it, you know, I think it's I I love it when I'm in. If, in fact, I, if I'm not embarrassed by myself six months ago, six months ago, I kind of think that something's probably wrong. <laughs> right. That's good. But yeah, and you look at. Every company should feel this. I mean, I look at like our seed decks and you just feel so lucky and amazed that anybody gave you money, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, no, no, it, it's it's terrific. So what do you think? I mean, what is it? I mean, look, you've been very successful. My data says you've raised about $77 million or so. Yep. And, you know, Andreessen Horowitz, NEA, Norwest, Health, U.S. Venture Partners. I mean, these are great people to have in your deal, right? So mm-hmm. obviously, you've been able to persuade some pretty smart people that despite Fact that you're learning some of the management skills on the job, that you've got the chops to make this thing happen. Where, where do you go for inspiration? Who, do you do you have a, a place where you draw your ideas about management from, or do you sort of just pull from your own common sense?
0: You know, have read a I, you know, you read a lot of books. Um, you have to rely on you do have to rely on a lot of common sense. Um, and and you know, and, and mostly it's funny. I mean, I've always. Um, but, well, and you know, and, and just and just like looking looking at mentors, and there's been some really just formative people um, that I've just watched in action along the way, where they just wake you up to a certain you know dimensional reality. And, and the first the first that I think is most important for anyone looking to found a company is just just embrace like who you are. Like there's no as you you can't it's 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 fruitless to imagine. A, a quote-unquote style of leadership that doesn't map on to like your authentic self. And I remember um, while I was at IDEO, I mean, I, a mentor and you know close personal friend, named David Webster, at that point was running running global health for idea I mean, I would see him in conversations with C-level executives at you know uh, enterprise healthcare organizations, just being him, like joking around, just like a really like charismatic, like loving, funny guy, um, and. There was just no no different, and, and so that's that's what I've always I t- tried to hold true to, and not almost not overthink it, and just make sure that I'm communicating a ton, um, uh, you know, being myself, everybody at the company as best as I can, kind of should know what they're they're supposed to do, because that makes everyone's jobs easier, and in communicating division, the and then then it's literally all about hiring. I mean, it's hiring it's hiring people that are way better than you, and hiring yourself out of everything you can, where. And yes, you know, I look at the folks at Amada. I actually couldn't do any of their jobs, right. but my, but that's and that's totally awesome, and I love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: So the vision that you're
2: communicating, tell me what that is, and then last last question to follow up on that is, what is it like to come to work there? Like, how does it feel to work
0: there if you're if sure. you're if you're not
2: the CEO? Of
0: course. Well, the, so the the grand vision is it starts with a problem that. For the first time in, in global human history, preventable chronic disease is killing more people than infectious disease. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll find epidemiologists today talking about obesity, you know, as the next smoking. I mean, it's you know, it's a it is the I mean, it's you know, it's it's the crisis of our society right now. So that's a there's this is the magnitude of the problem. Finally, there's a, you know, digital a solution that's scalable. I mean, you know, you can't you can't solve it. Without scale, solution, and, and even Omana can't solve it. But but what, what success for us in the vision I always work to paint for the team, and, and and what gets me fired up too is, uh, you know what I want is 15 years from now, you know 20 years from now, is epidemiologists looking at obesity-related chronic data and seeing just a slight bend, right? You know a slight a, a change, you know a change, and have them seeing it mathematically, and trying to figure out what it is. And I want that to have been Omana. Um, <laughs> And I, that, that's what I want. I want to affect an epi paper 15 years from now. All
1: right. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, and, and, you know, and that relates to your second question on just culture. We've got a lot of people who are at Armada to build a legacy. You know, they've been extremely successful in previous careers, you know, c- you know could, could probably do whatever they want, but they're, they're interested in using their talents to make a difference. Um, uh, and we all feel that. We're huge dreamers. I'm swinging as hard as I possibly can you know to to make this thing a global you know game changing business and we all you know we all are so it's a mix of um we move really really fast to model there's a lot of very creative people it's very um uh you know the there's it's a really that the talent bar i was i was just getting amazed by some of the folks and and you know we work hard to to move fast and have have fun along the way cool
2: cool I would tell you and, I, and I, this has come up another discussions that I've had uh, here at the breaking health podcasts is the 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 mistake that you can make and it just doesn't feel like you're even close to making this mistake by the way is to, is to lose sight of the mission you know it's it, if, if a company is mission driven and it really sounds like yours is um, then you know the the success of building a great company and having that great impact that you describe um, you know has a chance you know it has a real chance of, of, of succeeding so so it's really great to hear that from
0: you Oh, awesome! I yeah, know it's it's, um, it's, it's fine. Any any business is really hard to build. I think it's uh, it's a very it's just hard. It's nothing nothing in life that's worth doing is easy, and you're always fighting gravity. And some um, the the what I always tell people who when they're asking should I start a company, I'm like you've got to find something where you're so excited by the reality of what it, what the world might turn into if this thing happened, and you realized this this company and get so, find something that fires you up so much about it. And the mission fires you up so much that you just like, you won't let it not happen. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and you have, you have to, I'm so convinced you have to feel that about your business. Otherwise it's, it's just so hard to do it. You, know, you need the determination um, to just, just kind of keep, keep going and keep plugging away.
2: Well, it sounds great. I've, I've, found some inspiration in this interview, frankly. Oh. <laughs> I really, really appreciate the time. Uh, people might be like, do you need to lose some weight? Anybody, everybody's got to lose some weight, so maybe I'm inspired now to lose a couple of pounds. And I'm checking, definitely… You're, uh, you're, uh,
0: you know, don't forget to check your cardiometabolic measures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if um, there's, a, if there's uh, a challenge, we'll help you. <laughs> terrific. Well, thanks
2: for joining me and I uh, really appreciate you your sharing your story here.
0: Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate being on.
1: Sean Duffy, thanks for joining us on the Breaking Health Podcast it was a pleasure to meet you at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit in Boston, hope to uh, connect again with you soon Steve Krupa, as always, great job leading these uh, conversations, drawing a lot of uh, wonderful insights from the companies that really are making a difference uh, to people's health and to the healthcare industry, so tune in next week for another tale of innovation, thanks for listening